at the book of Psalms, chapters number 42 and 43, because they go hand in hand, chapter 42 and 43 out of the book of Psalms. And in these two books, uh, it's a, they're short chapters, you know, uh, maybe 12 verses or 13 verses in one and six or seven verses in the other. But it gives us a description of David and what he's having to deal with. He's going through a very, very difficult time in his life. David is going through discouragement in his life. And uh, as you turn there to, to chapter number 42 and 43, I'm going to, we're not going to read uh, those, those two books, but I will be referencing to some of the verses in those two books. And as we look at them, we're going to see how David is pouring out his heart to God. He's, as, as they say, he's spilling his guts out to the Lord. And uh, he's having a time with God and he's being open. He's being frank. He's being candid about how he is feeling in his life. How many have ever been there with God? Where you just kind of basically say, you know what, God, I'm taking off the gloves and this is what's going on. This is what I feel. This is what's happening. Uh, this is what's going on in my life. And as we take a look at uh, these two books uh, in Psalms, in verse 2 in Psalms chapter 42, um, hear what David says to the Lord. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? In other words, what he's wanting is uh, he's wanting an audience with God because he feels like, God, where have you been? And that's exactly what uh, I'm going to be talking about and entitled uh, this, this sermon is, God, where have you been? Where are you? Because I am looking for you, my soul is thirsting for you, and it seems like you're nowhere to be found. In verse 3, he says, My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? And then he goes on and talks about his soul being in despair and uh, being disturbed within his life, being in despair. And he says, and he asks God this question, why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? I want to tell you, David is at a very, very low place in his life, and he is emotional, and he's crying out to God. And I really believe that most people here tonight, at one time or another, have found themselves where David is uh, in these two books of Psalm, where we needed God so desperately, and we needed, uh, as, as we were pouring out our lives to him and asking God, where are you at this point in my life? I need you. I'm looking for you, and I'm searching for you. And we can learn from these two books how David handled this time of despair in his life. 
we can learn from these two books uh, what we need to be aware of and uh, how we need to respond when we feel this way. Maybe tonight you're in that place that we read about where David was in his life. Maybe you find yourself there right now and you ask God, where in the world are you? I want to tell you tonight, don't despair. It's going to be okay. I want to tell you tonight that when you are crying out to God and it seems like he's nowhere to be found, we can rest upon the word of God and believe that God's word says he will never leave us. He will never forsake us no matter what we might be feeling in our lives. And so the first truth that we can uh, tap into tonight uh, that uh, David uh, was, was having to deal with was that all Christians, no matter how long you've been saved, no matter what position you might hold uh, in Christianity, no matter what, what you might uh, have accomplished in the things of God, we will all come to a place sooner or later where we wonder where God is. So in other words, it's not abnormal. It's, it's going to happen. And you know, the reason I'm saying this is because the devil loves to lie to the people of God. And he speaks to us and he asks us, something must be terribly wrong with you because you don't sense God. You don't feel God. In fact, it seems like God's not even a part of your life. So there must be something really bad going on in your life. You must be a most miserable sinner that God wants nothing to do with you. The devil is a liar tonight. He is a liar. And he loves to plant that thought when you and I need to understand this is just a part of our Christian faith that we're going to have to deal with. In chapter of, of in the book of, of uh, Psalms, in verse 9, in, in chapter uh, in 42, he goes, uh, I will say to my God, who is my rock, why have you forgotten me? And then he goes on and says, you are the God of my strength, but why have you rejected me? Why have you rejected me? Why have you forgotten me? And this is something that David is dealing with that, folks, again, we're going to experience in our lives. The Living Bible says it this way. You are my God, my only place of refuge. Why have you tossed me aside? Why have you thrown me aside? Have you ever felt like maybe God has kicked you under the bus? That's what David is feeling right here, right now. Like God has just tossed him aside and he's no longer concerned about what's going on in David's life. You see, folks, we all come to those kind of dark periods in our life, like David was in, that we're reading about, when we feel like God has withdrawn from us, like he's pulled back from us, and that we're alone. And he's nowhere to be found. 
in this process that's taking place in our lives, in this journey that we're on. And so when we feel like that, we need to ask ourselves, what are some of the things that may be a factor? What are some of the things that may be causing us to feel like God has left us alone? Like he no longer cares about us or he's forgotten about us or like he's just kicked us aside. One, one thing that we need to take into consideration is that when we feel like that, we may be going through some stressful situations in our life. We may be dealing with some stressful conditions that, that, that we're going through that the enemy will use to cause us to think that, man, God's not around. God, where are you? Have you forgotten about me? Sometimes because of that stress that we're dealing with, we become emotionally separated from God. We feel like God is no longer with us. And as Christians, think about it. There have been plenty of stressful circumstances that we've had to endure this past year. Can somebody say amen? Plenty of stressful circumstances that starting from almost the beginning of the year to where you might be right now that we've had to deal with and we pray, 2021 come quickly. And that's where David was when he was writing this psalm. He was outside of Jerusalem. He was missing the fellowship of his friends. He was missing the temple worship. In Psalm 42 and in verse 4, he says, My heart breaks as I remember the pleasant times in the past. When I walked with the crowds, as I let them go up, I led them up to God's temple. I remember the happy songs of praise uh, as they celebrated the, the festival. You see, David's remembering where he's at right now because it was a time of a Jewish festival. It was a religious holiday. And he's away from the temple. He's away from his friends and from people. And he's away from worship. And he feels alone. And he's stressing out about what's going on in his life. You know, maybe those of you who are watching online and you've been away from church for some time. Maybe it's been a number of weeks or maybe even a number of months uh, for whatever reason that might be. And you miss like David is is. is reaching back and he's thinking about how good it was to come in and be a part of the worship uh, and the praise uh, and to fellowship with people. I want to tell you, don't stress out about it. Uh, all you need to do is give it to God and God will begin to bring strength into your life. Uh, take that step, whatever it might be, to Come back and worship in the house of God and come and fellowship with the brothers and sisters in the Lord. You see, a lot of times it's because we feel separated from God and from our, our brothers and sisters that the enemy attacks us and he says, it's not the same anymore. And this year, yes, has been difficult and it's been trying 
especially on Christians, on the people of God. But we have to fight through that, not allow the worry and the stress of of the situations to, to overpower us, rise up above it as we're going to see David was able to do and kick the devil to the side and say, no, you're not going to rob me of my place uh, in the things of God, in my security, in the presence of the Lord. Stress can make us feel like, God, where, where in the world have you gone? And then there's physical fatigue. Physical fatigue. You know, there, there's been a lot of work, as, as, as you can see, to, to have to go inside and outside. And, and, and I'm talking about those who help get things set up here at church and uh, with whether it's ministry, types of ministry, and, and not only the stress that goes along with trying to get it to, to, to work through and trying to make it happen, it's the work involved in doing it. And the physical aspects of doing it, maybe your own personal life at, at your job, you know, the, the things that you, that you have to do that, you know, you're working your job, you come home and you have to do what you have to do at the house, whether, you know, you're, you're the mom, the wife, you're the grandma, whatever it is, the, the dad, the, 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 the husband, whatever it might be, getting, doing your chores. And over a period of time, it seems like physically you start wearing down. And it's during those times that we have to be careful because the devil can lie to us and say, you know what, God's, I don't feel God anymore. How many have ever been there? Because you're so fear, spiritually or, and physically depleted in your life, you're no, no longer really sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And that can happen. I read this interesting fact how stress and, and emotional issues can begin to affect us physically and vice versa. Research, researchers consider the brain as well as the body when they examine physical fatigue and the impact that it has on the body. They said this, we need to look at both the brain and the body together. Because no one does purely physical or mental work. They always do both. And so we need to understand that not only mentally or emotionally that we can be drained and we can be stressed and we can be assaulted by the enemy, that that will cause us also physically to be worn down. And it can begin to take its toll on us uh, and our walk with God. And David was in a place that he was running for his life at times. He was hiding in caves at times. He was running for those uh, who were trying to kill him. And uh, he was having to, to do the work uh, of the office of God, that God placed him in that kingship. And everything that he was dealing with was bringing them to this place uh, in chapter 42 and chapter 43 in the book of Psalms where he's like, I'm done. I can't find you. I don't feel you. I don't sense you. I am basically worn out. We have to be careful that when we find ourselves in, in, in either one of those places, 
that we have to say, okay, God, I'm going to slow down a little bit. Not in my relationship with you. But how many do we do a lot of stuff that, that basically is inconsequential? You know, it's, it's really not all that necessary. The things that sometimes we end up doing, we wear ourselves out. Begin to wear the ones we love out. Why don't you sit down for five minutes? Take a break. You're getting me tired just watching you. And I understand some folks are what they call workaholics and, you know, worryholics and, and all the rest of that. And we have to come to a place where we have to realize the enemy can take advantage of that. And so we have to be able to discipline our time, discipline what's going on, what we allow to come in our lives. And David was in a place uh, where even criticism, as we find and we read in, in chapter 42 and, and 43, that there he's being criticized for what he's doing for God. He was a leader. He was under severe personal criticism and attack. We read where he says, my tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? In verse 10, he says, my adversaries revile me. And they say to me all day long, where is your God? And then they say again, oh, deliver me from the deceitful and unjust men. So he's facing criticism. Maybe you're facing criticism from friends, from family, from people at work, from people at school, people at church, whatever the case might be. It has a tendency to get us in this, this place where we start to feel like, God, I, I'm numb now. You know, I'm fighting off my feelings about, you know, what's going on in my life, about these people over here, and I'm, I'm stressing out about this, and, and I don't even know you anymore, it seems. I don't even sense you anymore. Where are you? And we have to be careful that we don't allow the criticism, the stress of life, the, the fatigue, the, the physical issues to begin to overwhelm us where it interferes with our relationship with God. Then there's disappointment that David was dealing with. Some of you might feeling dis be disappointed right now in your relationship with God. He's disappointed not only with life, but as we read and, and you go home and you can read chapter 42 and 43, he's very disappointed with God. How many have ever been disappointed with God? Let's be honest. What is disappointment? Dictionary says... It's a feeling of dissatisfaction that results when our expectations are not realized or when we feel let down. That's when disappointment comes in. And man, when you read chapter 42 and chapter 43 in the book of Psalms, he is really feeling like God has let him down and kicked him to the side and he is disappointed. And we have to be careful because disappointment will come in some way or another, whether it's personally in our family, within our marriage, with our children, 
at our job, at our school, in our church. But we cannot allow it to overpower us and overwhelm us to the point where it begins to affect our relationship with God. This can lead to a feeling of being dissatisfied because that's basically what disappointment is. It's when our expectations aren't realized and we become frustrated because we're not reaching. We don't see our dreams. You know, we have dreams. We have goals. There are things we want to be accomplished, time frames that we want to see them accomplished in. And when that doesn't happen, what begins to happen is the enemy comes in and we start feeling that God no longer is around and no longer is concerned. And we don't sense God. We begin to ask questions. Some of you are asking questions right now. Why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? What can I do about it? And what's next? Now what? You see, David was looking around. And when you read Psalms chapter 42 and 43, he says, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't know everything I thought I knew about God and what was taking, what he's doing in my life. And he's trying to figure out how do I get out of this mess that I'm in, this downer that I'm in, this depression that I'm feeling. Where's the light at the end of the tunnel? In these two books, chapter 42 and 43 of Psalms, David's asking why. Ten times he asks why, 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 why. God, why am I in despair and disturbed? Why have you forgotten me? Why have you rejected me? Why? 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 We've all asked those questions when we find ourselves in those places of God. We begin to point at God and say, God, why have you done this to me? Why have you allowed this to happen in my life? And what David is doing when you start reading these two Psalms, these two books, as he's beginning to talk to himself and he's asking these questions of himself. Why am I in this place? Why am I disturbed? Why do I feel like God is no longer caring and no longer around in my life? And then suddenly he realizes. He suddenly realizes as he's talking to himself. How many have ever talked to himself? I think we all have. Some of you are doing that right now. He realizes as he's talking to himself, wait a minute. What's going on here? When you read, after he asks himself each one of these questions, he says, hope in God, for I will praise him. The help of my countenance and my God. After he starts asking these series of why, 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 he comes to and senses and says, but my hope is in God. So why am I asking all these dumb questions? 
Why am I allowing these things to tear me down? Dr. Uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones was a brilliant preacher in England, in the United Kingdom. Not only was he one of the most popular preachers of his time, but he was also a very, very uh, prominent heart surgeon. He was a man of God. He loved God. He loved people. And he wrote a book that was entitled Spiritual Depression, Its Cause and Its Cure. And he wrote this as he was dealing with spiritual depression because he understood that the enemy was going to attack the people of God and cause them to feel depressed. And he wrote this about that, what, what takes place. He says, most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you're listening to yourself rather than talking to yourself. What did he mean by that? Well, think about it. When you wake up in the morning and you, during the course of the evening and night, even while you're asleep, you start going through all these scenarios in your life about problems and about issues and about all the craziness of life and why this and why that and how come I feel like this and how come this is going on and you wake up in the morning and you listen to yourself talking to these, saying all this nonsense, all these negative things instead of doing what David did and start to think about positive things that God's word has to say about your life about the positive things that God's word has to say about the circumstances uh, or situations that we might find ourselves in. This is what's happening to David. As he was asking why this and why that and how come this and how come that, he realizes and he says, oh, let me focus in on the word of God. My hope is in God. My hope is in God. That's what David did when he started going through all these questions. Instead of listening to himself, he should be talking to himself and saying, no, I don't want to listen to my negative thinking. I want to listen to what God has to say positive about my life and about me. And when you do that, you'll come out as David came out in victory and being able to to conquer that depression and conquer those things that the enemy was trying to take him down with. You see, too many times we allow our emotions to rule our lives. Our thinking, our negativity to rule how we react and what we do in life or not do in life. And the truth is, is our emotions have a tendency to deceive us. Our emotions are very iffy. They come and they go. They're up and they're down. They're good and then they're bad. How many can say amen? Highs and lows. It's true with all of us. They're not steady. And the problem is, is when we come to a place where David was in these two chapters. He was an emotional wreck when you read the chapters. Back and forth and up and down and why and why. And he comes to his senses and says, but God is my hope. He realized I can't trust my feelings. 
I can't trust my emotions. I can't trust what I see, what I think, or what I feel. I have to trust God and put my hope in God's word. That's why he says, your word have I hidden in my heart. Because when you hide the word of God in your heart, when the devil comes to lie to you about what's going on, you can say, ah, devil, this is what God says. When I think God is far away, God has promised to never leave me or never forsake me. When I feel that I can't accomplish something or I am inadequate for the task, God has promised to never leave me nor forsake me. He will be there to help me accomplish and finish what he started in my life. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So it's not by might, not by my power, but by my spirit is what God says. And you see, when you understand that when the enemy comes to get us to start feeling and acting upon our emotions, that's when the word of God has to come in and kick in. When things look impossible, uh uh-uh, devil, with God, all things are possible. I'm not going by what I feel or what I think. So what you need to do is talk to yourself positively about the word of God, not negatively. Put aside the uninvited, depressing questions that want to come against the truth of God's word. But my hope is in God. You see, parent, today, the negative things that come in about your child, maybe that's going the wrong way or maybe it's having difficulty, don't worry about them. Bring them before the Lord and say, but my hope is in God for their destiny and their life. Maybe you're looking at a job situation that you want, but maybe seems impossible about you getting. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. Don't be down and despaired. Look to God and say, but my hope is in God that it's going to be okay. And if it's for me, he's going to give it. To me, maybe your marriage uh, is struggling uh, and it looks uh, really, really bad. Don't look at that, uh, but look to God and say, but my hope for my marriage is in God. Like David said about his situation. As our music group makes their way up this evening, there's some things we can learn from David. Maybe you are in a place where, as David was, you're singing the blues because that's what he was doing. He was complaining and moaning and he was in a deep, dark place in his life. There are things we can learn when it seems like God is absent. When it seems, I said seems, like God is absent, because God is never absent. God is always there with us. He's never absent, never A-W-O-L. He's always there. But there are times when it seems like he is. We can learn some things. Number one, when we feel like that and we sense and feel like God is absent, you know what? It gives me a chance to grow. It gives me a chance 
to come to a different place in my life when we feel like he's far away, that maybe he's doing something in my character. Maybe he's trying to show me something about my commitment level. That I can, even when I don't sense God or feel God, I still know he's there. He wants me to mature and not always have to have a pillar of cloud by day or fire by night or shoes that don't wear out or manna from heaven, but by faith, I know that God is with me. When you feel like that, maybe that's what God is trying to do in your life. Because the truth is that it's through difficulty, difficult times, times when we despair, that usually is a time when we grow if we hold on and not let go. And then maybe I can learn to love God in a new way. When I don't sense God around or I don't feel like he's always there with me, maybe I learn to love God in a new way, a higher level. Because sometimes we have a tendency to put God in a box, don't we? Here's the way God has to work. I pray, God answers. I push this button, and uh, God responds. We go through our rituals, so to speak, and we expect for God to move for us. And it's maybe during those times when that prayer doesn't work, that button doesn't seem to work, and God doesn't seem to answer or to move the way we want him to move. And we panic and, God, what's happening? Maybe God wants us to get out of that ritualistic box and look for him in a different way. Maybe he wants us to begin to love him more deeply instead of ritualistically and begin to seek him and look for him in a new way. And then what it does when I find myself in these kinds of places that David was in, maybe my motives become more pure as to why I'm serving God. Why I'm serving the Lord. We learn to love God just because He's God, whether I feel Him or not. Whether I get the goodies or I don't. I still love you, Lord. Not because what I get but God, what you've done for me, you've saved me. You've healed me. You've touched my heart and my mind. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. And if nothing else ever happens, God, thank you. Thank you. As Pastor Daniel preached the other day about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, Hey, God, whether or not you pull us out of this fire, it doesn't matter. We're serving you. We love you. You're with us, and we know that no matter what. You see, tonight as we bow our heads, close our eyes for a few 